on this week's show. Going up, up. Blockfield and New Hythe Wanderers making the step up to the Scaffold Division 1. We hear from director Graham Martin. With what we know, who we know, um, we will be very comfortable at step six level. And looking ahead to a special day to remember special people, Joe Ford tells us all about this weekend's charity game at VCD. Two guys that have obviously been at VCD, uh, managed both teams, been successful there. And um, yeah, a fitting tribute, um, in my opinion, for, for both of them. So something that we're really looking forward to. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. We're back, well, sort of, as you'll find out very shortly after our little break, and we're ready to discuss promotions, the return of supporters, lots of moving around and lots more besides. As always, I'm John Phipps, and my bulging social calendar is the reason that rather than hearing the dulcet tones of my good friend Matthew Gerrard, you're now going to hear from another good friend of both of ours instead. It's Alex Hode, who is gallantly standing in for Matt after a last-minute call-up. How are you, pal? Uh, I'm not too bad, not too bad. I've just got off the treadmill, I'm warmed up, I'm ready to go without hopefully pulling any muscles. This is the thing, Matt Gerrard never gets on the treadmill before the show, does he? <laughs> uh, no, no, but he doesn't need to, fine figure of a man that he is. You have just told me though, you've had quite a day, but you've had Zoom, Teams and now Skype. So you are the the, the ultimate multi-group chat man, I suppose? I just, I just, I do just too many social channels these days as well. I actually FaceTime this morning as well. That is, could I, could I be more 2021 than uh, uh, you need to hit someone up on your WhatsApp now? I suppose <laughs> it can be arranged. It probably will happen throughout the course of the day. It's just weird. I haven't seen a person in the flesh today. It's just that I've, I've seen lots of different people using different uh, means of communication. I guess it's the future that we're living in. That's what it is. This is the way of the world. So yeah, basically the story goes that Matt and I were just unable to get a time to do the show together this week because I'm making the most of the change in restrictions while they last uh, by going out for dinner both tonight and tomorrow evening. While the traditional Wednesday lunchtime session is now dead to us as Matt has to go home and let the dog out. That's not even a euphemism. That's what he genuinely has to do on a Wednesday lunchtime. It does feel a bit like when you're a teenager and your mates get a girlfriend and drop you like a stone. But apparently the dog is a good one. So we'll let Matt off and, and I'm just going to have to readjust my social calendar going forward. But Fortunately, Hody, you were able to step in. So what a man you are. Indeed. I just I just listened to Who Let the Dogs Out on a Wednesday lunchtime. So I've just pressed stop on that for a moment and I'll go back to listening to it after we've finished. Ah, the work of Baha Men. Did they have any other songs or was it just that one? I don't think they needed any more. I think that one was enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like Wigfield. You only need one. If, you, if it's good enough, it'll stand the test of time. I wonder if they still get... Um royalties like all the time for uh for the for, for who let the dogs out that probably i mean apparently that the band founded in 1977 that is extraordinary so it took them what 23 years <laughs> to come up with who let the dogs out and now probably 21 years later they're dining out on it so fair you realize play. every time you mention it they're going to invoice you john so we should probably stop naming the song now probably. i think it's, who yeah, let the cats out is all i want to say then who let the cats out who let the cats out is my it would be a much worse song because of the the noise wouldn't really fit in as well would it no shame <laughs> uh, anyway it's our 171st episode this week and that led me to learn about sjk171 who is a new york graffiti artist from the late 1960s and 1970s and a founder member of one of the first professional graffiti collectives the united graffiti artists a professional vandal uh, then was SJK171. Uh, 171 is also the number you need to dial if you get in any strife in Venezuela. That's the emergency number there. You can call them and say, I've gone Caracas in Caracas, I suppose. Anything like that one, Matt? Uh, Alex? I did, uh, very much indeed. I just wondered, if you win a prize for uh, for being great at graffiti, do you get to spray champagne around? Ugh. Matt, you're busy. Can you come back? Oh, um yeah no it's a, I, I don't know about graffiti artists i mean some of it yeah is, is very good but like some of it's just like, why would you what's the obsession with like a train viaduct what's <laughs> what, what i don't understand i think it's the it's the blank canvas element of it of that poured concrete it's it's just it's begging to be done and they can show off their uh, their hardiness their bravery by hanging over potentially i guess risking death to actually do it as well i guess that's the the high it's not just the fumes from the spray cans that uh, they get the high it's the actual fear of death too i guess yeah absolute daredevil so i suppose i mean if someone had a tag knlp and that started appearing everywhere that would be both uh, <laughs> alarming and and 
Well, not the worst thing in the world, but please, I'm not encouraging that because I don't think it's very cool. Uh, anyway, on with the show and let's start with the big news of the week, which is that of the restructuring, which has now been rubber stamped. Uh, the headline news for us is that Corinthian have been promoted to the Isthmian League Premier Division. Well, they'll be facing all of the Kent clubs in that league, but they won't be facing Guernsey, who have been shifted across to the Isthmian League South Central alongside Whiteleaf. But Chichester, Whitehawk and newly promoted Lansing are also in the South East Division, which does seem a bit odd to me just because all of our Kent clubs will have to drive past Gatwick airport to get to all three of those and have a long way to go uh, past there as well. Uh, Kennington, Rustle and Homesdale have also been promoted into the Scaffold Premier Division. Uh, where Ballum, AFC Croydon Athletic and Beckenham have all been shifted across to the Combined Counties League, meaning we have a 20-team Scaffold Premier. And with that, there were six gaps needed to be filled in Scaffold First Division. Three of them have been filled by moving teams from the Combined Counties League, and we'll discuss that later on. Uh, the other three have come from teams in the Kent County League. Uh, we did discuss a few weeks back that teams from the County League would be picked on a number of criteria concerning their stadia rather than their league position, and so it's proven. With the teams 9th and 15th in the KCL Premier promoted, along with the leaders of Division 1 Central and East. I put a tweet out asking for anyone from Stablehurst Monarchs, Faversham Strikeforce or Larkfield and New Hythe Wanderers who might want to be on the show and it was the latter who won the race. They have been elevated two divisions and Wanderers are managed by former K-Sports boss Chris Browning and his former assistant, now a director at the club, Graham Martin, answered our call. So here he is. Personally, I was very confident that we would make it this year. Um... But obviously, without counting our chickens too much, we uh, sort of didn't get too carried away. And I suppose I've got to say, yeah, it was a surprise for, for the level we've been playing. But um, on a personal note, I was very confident that we would uh, would go up this year. So on a personal note, probably probably not to myself. But I think as a club, yeah, I mean, it, it is a surprise. But you know, we are keyed up for, to you know for it. I suppose obviously that, that we didn't know how it was all going to happen and, and how they were going to promote teams, but I guess um, you, you, you've got the opportunity and you must be delighted. Yeah, very delighted to be honest. Um, it's been, I mean, it's been a bit of a, you know, it's been hard work. Uh, we've been fortunate that um, we've had a very good investor in the in the Tarai Group uh, who backed us. Uh, what we've needed to do and financially, right from the word go, when we set our stall out. Um, so. You know, to, to go to a club like we did 18 months ago, that was, um, I think we had two players on the books. They'd just lost a lot of players to another local club. Um, it looked quite it looked quite bleak at the time, but, you know, mine and Chris's goal was to get us back to where we was managing at Scaffold Prem. Um, and, and obviously today's news is, is, a, is a big start to, towards getting back to that. So, so were you offered the chance to, to apply for promotion or did they just kind of get in touch with you and say, do you fancy it or, or what? Um, we, we always thought there was, there was a loophole um, there anyway. So we obviously got in contact with Scaffold um, probably about 15 months ago and they, they come down to have a, have a look at what we've got. Um, we give them our plan of what we intend to do um, and it was a matter of, you know, you get what you're saying done and we'll come back and have a look and if, if we, you know, um, can put you forward and we think you're, you're, you're one of the candidates, we'll put you forward. Yeah, so if we, if we look at it, you, you were in uh, the Kent County Division 1 Central and East lot in, in the season that's not been finished, you, but you were top of the league, but I suppose it is a big jump, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it is a big jump. I mean, you know, it, with um, sort of uh, past experiences, you know, we, we, we've gone through... Um, as management before, we've gone through Scaffold World and, and, and won it and gone into Scaffold Prem, and I think that's the biggest jump. But I think, you know, with, with what we know, who we know, um, we will be very comfortable at step six level. How, how's the setup at, at the stadium? Because that's obviously a, a big part of, of, of probably what's got you where you are. Oh, it's, it's a massive part. Um, as I said, you know, without what the Tarai group have done for us, um, you know, I think it would be a longer process and I think we'd have probably had to have gone through the leagues and it would, it, it would have been a couple of years' time, I believe. But, um, yeah, the stadium itself has gone from having a pitch with a, a bit of a fence around it to having two new stands, uh, two brand-new dugouts, new pitch-side fence. Um, the changing rooms have been completely re revamped. Uh, the clubhouse, as we speak, is... Um, is being renewed or, or being revamped, um, and floodlights get completed at the end of next week. 
So it's all just massively exciting for, for, for the club, who've obviously just sort of come come up and, and, and a real club on the rise. Yeah, I, I, I personally think, you know, from from where we are to where we are today, it, it's, it's been massive. I mean, it's been massive from, from day one because mine and Chris's goal was to get to the stage that we've got to today. And then, obviously, we, we, we can take it further than that with management. But our goal was to get into what we would call more proper football out of uh, out of the grassroots game. Um, but, yeah, really, really exciting. Um, I, I look at it now as if, you know, we're, we're probably on the first rung of the, the proper non-league ladder. Um, and I think in a couple of years' time, we've, if we keep getting the investment we get in, and, you know, I mean, the support... I mean, we was getting... You know, in the Division One Central and East of the County League, we we were getting 150 people minimum per, you know, at our home games. And obviously, um, you've mentioned Chris a couple of times. Uh, he did a great job at K Sports. You were obviously with him, and, and so you, you've been here before. You you know what it takes to get out of this next division, and that's a, another massive plus for you. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, Chris was um, when I joined Chris, he was in the um, Kent County Premier with what it was 8pm at the time um, so you know but he had taken over 8pm uh, in Division 2 like we did with, with Larkfield Division 2 when we first took it over so yeah so Chris has done again I mean I've, I've just done it the once with him but Chris has now done it twice from Division 2 of the County League to um, to Step 6 so, so what would be the, the the aim for next season? I guess, obviously, the hard work starts now, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know, me being me, as, uh, as players call me the stalker because I don't leave players alone. So, I mean, I, I've been working behind the scenes for, for players for next year because, obviously, I anticipated that we were going to be going up anyway. I mean, as I said early on, I was always quite confident. Um, so, my sort of connection with players has been ongoing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the... Uh, the mood won't change from what, what we're going to go into. You know, we, we want to go into the, into this step now and uh, in 12 months' time, we want to be coming out of this step and maybe moving up to um, step five. And I guess looking at the at the teams in the division, I'm guessing Snodland will be quite a big game because that's not far away, is it? Always. I mean, to be honest, we, even when we was at K-Sports um, in that league and even as an APM player, manager, assistant manager, you know, when I was younger, the Snodland game has always been a local derby and it's always been a, you know, a personal game for us as well, which is good. Um, you know, obviously, Staplehurst have, have, have come up with us today. Um, that's another quite local uh, local game. I'll be, I'll be looking forward to sort of going to the places like Rochester United, you know, where um, Lloyd Hume and uh, are managing up there. You know, there'll be some great games for us. I suppose it's exciting, isn't it? Because, you know, that sort of area where you are in, in the sort of middle of the county, that there's a lot of solid teams in that area. So there is potential for growth, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. I think there's always going to be, at that level, there's always going to be, you know, room for growth anyway. But um, but when I look at, you know, what, what teams, I mean, there's also, a, you know, a few teams that have come in that we know absolutely nothing about. Um, you know, just looking at it, Chester and Tooting and Beck, Westside, um, and I think that makes it for us, that makes it even more exciting because, you know, A, we're going to have to go out and have a look at them and see what they're all about. And, um, you know, they're new venues that we haven't been to. It's quite a bit of extra travelling, though, isn't it, from what you had last season? Yeah, yeah to be honest, yeah, we're not uh, in Division 2 of the County League. I think we, we, we travelled to Hunton there once, which is about three miles. So, but <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I think them days have been left behind. Um, yeah, one thing I will say, you know, from what the club was 15 months ago, I mean, the existing directors that are there in, in, in John and, um, and Adam Andy, they have grown with what we've asked for. And to be fair, on, on the way, you know, we had Tony Highstead, who was our, um, our secretary at K-Sports, joined us to start with before he, he's moved on. He's now at Phoenix um, there. But Tony played quite a big part in, in the early days of, of getting, getting us into this position today. So, you know, for, for what everyone's done around us, it's just been a massive achievement from all. From all. I suppose just finally, you know, this is a really positive move by the FA to, to get things moving. And obviously teams have have gone up in, in a number of divisions and you're obviously a beneficiary, but we needed to have a bit of a change. We couldn't just have the same division three years running, could we? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think obviously due to obviously the circumstances in the world, I think, you know, what, 
we're saying today would have, would have probably have happened last last year. Um, but no, we, it couldn't. It couldn't. You know, they they had to make a decision this year. You know, I, I think it's the right the right decisions. Um, you know, they they've obviously may have took a few gambles on the way. They, they might have thinking by putting certain teams where, but you know, yes, something has to happen. Um, I think they've made the right moves. Um, I know as a club. You know, we've got ourselves in a position what we've been asked to do and, and you know, we, we feel we've made the right move. So, you know, hopefully, you know, things get settled down. We you know, we, we get what we want. You know, we keep getting the investment put in. And, and who knows, you know, this time next year we might be talking about going up again. I've got to admit, Alex, I didn't know much about Larkfield and New Hive Wanderers until uh, that conversation. But the, the passion and the hopes for the future are, are really impressive there. That that there speaketh a man with a plan. Yeah, I like that. That it does sound exactly. They came in. They knew. I mean, Chris obviously has got a lot of experience at, at getting up the levels, as uh, as Graham mentioned there. Um, they they knew exactly what they wanted to do. They went about it in the right way. And this is a this is a step on the ladder. He, he kind of mentioned the the uh, the possibility of um, kind of continuing to progress in the in the years to come as well. This is exactly what you want for grassroots football. You need a pathway to look up and 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 to be ambitious. And in in that part of the world as well, there's so many different clubs competing and um, and and looking for a little bit of sunshine to kind of emerge and grow. And um, and they've 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 done it the right way. This is their opportunity. It's 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 tr- tr- tough to say they don't deserve it. And it'll be interesting to see if they can take it. Yeah, and Chris Browning obviously did a great job at K-Sports. I mean, K-Sports went from a similar level to, to where uh, Larkfield and New Hyde have been, and now they they are an established Scaffold Premier Division club, and that just kind of goes to show, and I, and I certainly know they've got some players, I think, who were with um, Chris and, and Graham before, so I, I don't see any reason why they can't make the similar sort of progression. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. We know what a tough division Scaffold Division 1 can be, but it's it's a blank slate, and you know if you're an ambitious club, this is a dream for them because they've been given a position that they desperately wanted, probably ahead of schedule. But mm. maybe if the two seasons had been completed, it wouldn't be ahead of schedule, and they would actually be there. So a, a brilliant opportunity, and and they're going to be an attractive proposition, I'd imagine, for for any player at that level. Absolutely right. The, this is the thing: is you can't buy experience. You can buy players that have experience, but you can't buy the experience that the the, the management team. And a lot of the players that have been there with them, they've all got it already. You can't just draft that in overnight. That That's part of the club now. It's part of the fabric. And it's absolutely going to be in a, a, an interesting place. Players are going to want to play there. They've got the setup nicely. And um, listen, these two years, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think everyone's just glad to get over the end of this uh, 2019, 2020, 2020, 2021. They will forever have an asterisk next to them. You just want something positive to come at the end of them and most importantly, for 2021, 22 to be as normal as can be. And this is great. It's, it's a reward for the hard work that's gone in. Um, and as you say, if they played out the seasons properly, who knows? They might have been in exactly the same position. We won't know, but they won't mind. They'll get the chance to, to crack on from uh, end of July, I think, the season starts next year, is it? Yeah, I think I think it does start the end of July. But I mean, it is a great opportunity, and as I said to him, there a couple of good local games for them as well. So they'll be they'll be really excited, the people at Larford. And if they're already getting 150 odd people through the gates, they're, they're going to be a well supported team at that level. And I've got in front of me uh, a story on the scaffold about them, and that's a uh, and it's got a picture of their stadium, a nice little tidy little ground where they're playing. Uh, the floodlights, as he said, they're not quite in yet, but they're going to be very soon. And it's just it's just a great opportunity uh, for them. And and the other two clubs as well. I mean, we should talk about the other clubs who've been promoted as well. Uh, Staples Monarchs, we discussed them a little bit last year uh, because they were in prime position to be promoted uh, before, but they failed on uh, on some of the ground grading. And their then manager, um, Luke Walland, then departed the club last summer and went on to Snodden because he said, we're ready to step up to the Scaffold First Division. And now Staples Monarchs have got, have got the opportunity. Uh, a statement they have said, we're delighted to announce we've been promoted. Uh, it's been the ambition of the club for a number of years. Many have worked tirelessly to make this happen. Uh, we'd like to thank the, the County League, Maidstone Borough Council, the Scaffold, the FA and Staples Parish Council for their continued support. Uh, we'd, we are excited to welcome the sides to the Jubilee and we look forward to this next chapter in the club's 128-year history. Again, absolutely fantastic for, for a, a, a club who, who've always wanted to be at this level. Do you know what this for me at the I'm not going to say post pandemic, but I'm going to say towards hopefully the final chapter of this pandemic. That's all that football is about nowadays. It's about they just name check their parish council. They've got 120 plus years of history. 
this is what people want. I just want to get back to a place where I can go and watch some grassroots football, have a beer in the sunshine, see people I've known for years, and just that familiarity that I, you can you can keep your Premier League football that's on sort of four games every day for the entire week. Don't need any more of that. Let's just get back to football, the community element of it. I think that's going to be really important in, in getting us out of this. And I'm really looking forward to non-league football normality coming back next year. Yeah, and the other end of the of the historical spectrum, I suppose, Faversham Strike Force, uh, the new kids on the block, so to speak, they're founded uh, from a youth team in 1999, and now the club is uh, is in the Scaffold uh, Premier Division. Uh, they won the Kent County League five years ago, uh, but were not promoted because of the uh, of the of their ground, which caused them a real problem. Uh, and that is that's been a, a difficulty for for a number of other clubs as well as we just said about Stapehurst. Uh, they've now organised a ground show with Rochester, which isn't ideal because they obviously are, are a Faversham-based club. So they but they're going to be playing at Rochester. But that's been good enough to get them into the league. And, and five years they they've been waiting. Uh, and their manager Gary Axford in a statement said this will be the highest level the club's ever played football. A historic moment for us uh, with all the final jigsaw. Piece is now in place. We're delighted to be moving up to the scaffold after a complete restructuring of the non-league pyramid. A lot of hard work behind the scenes has assured that this is possible. And that's the thing. It's the it's the people behind the scenes as well as those on the pitch who deserve the credit for these promotions. And no matter what you think about how these things have been done, I am just delighted that we're talking about three clubs who only one of them's ever been mentioned on this podcast before, but we're talking about them now because they've been promoted into scaffold division one, and that's fantastic. It is absolutely, and and do you know what as well jumps out, particularly the the strike force element of it. I followed them, uh, sort of through through work at the KM for for many years as well, from those kind of grassroots and the, and the way up through youth football. It's the youth football thing that really appeals because uh, Gary Axford, I think his maybe his children were involved in the club. I want to say, and and they've kind of grown up with the club as well and gone through the ranks. And that is a real hotbed of like youth football. That that kind of area of of, of Swale, Faversham, obviously you've got Faversham Town, you've got Strike Force as well. So many different youth clubs and, and and teams of different age groups there. And and we'll probably talk about some transfers later on. Some players that actually are from the area that came through the youth ranks in uh, in Faversham and have kind of moved on to play higher up the period as well. A pyramid as well. It's um, it's it's really really good. It's a testament to football. They might not be playing in Faversham at the moment, but needs must. And so, Rochester, it must be. It's it's good for them, and and it's a lot of positivity. It's 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 really good to have so much nice news to talk about this week. Yeah, it's fantastic. And obviously, um, we only really glossed over the Corinthian news. Um, obviously, we spoke to uh, Michael Golding when the news was announced a few weeks ago. Uh, it's now been confirmed, and he's been busy whoring himself out to any media uh, organisation who will talk to him. Uh, in fact, so much so that when I texted him this morning, he sent back, who is this? One of his uh, famous funny gags. But um, he said in an interview that I heard this morning on Radio Kent, he said, you know, you can't argue that we don't deserve this. And, and there are some people who, who make comments about them and and. Yeah, they're not a popular team in some quarters, but Alex, you've got to say they deserve this. You you can't exactly. It's given what they've done in 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 all competitions really as well. They've really put themselves on the map, obviously with the and um, the cup runs as well. It's um it is testament to hard work, and obviously a lot of hard work has gone in on and off the field in in building that squad and <clears throat> putting it together. The the ground facilities as well. Everything there is set up for uh, for an assault higher up the uh, at the pyramid, and, and you're right. It would be churlish to say they don't deserve the the opportunity. However, that they would have had it if if, if everything had gone normal, uh, had been normal the last two seasons. I'm pretty sure they'd have had this opportunity anyway. So um, it will just be interesting to see if they can hit the ground running, and uh, or if the, the, the how much of a step up it's going to be when the uh, when the season kicks off again. What do you make of the whole plan to, to, to do the restructure? Because I've been a bit a big advocate of it for, for most of this year. I think when you lasted the show with this in January, I was talking about the, how the two, two season points per game had to be the way to go. Um, but obviously there are clubs who are disappointed by this. So we certainly triggered um, some people on social media the other week with our complete lack of knowledge about non-league football. But surely it, it is a good thing that they found a way to, to promote some teams. You can't please all the people all the time. I think in anything that is the case, and certainly not in non-league football. Um, there will be people that moan. We'll, we'll talk about some of the restructures that you sometimes think that they just put a map of southeast England on a dartboard and thrown darts at it to try and work out who should be in what division. Who knows quite how the thought processes go into it. Um, there's long been, down the years, people have talked about whether it's measured on the length of journey or the distances a crow flies, that kind of stuff. 
we talk about Chessington and Hook that are coming into the, I can't remember what it is, they're coming into Scaffold 1, is it? I can't yes, remember. they're coming to Scaffold 1, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is, a, that is an awfully long way to go for a, a for a Scaffold 1 team to go all the way around the M25 to their over towards just inside of Leatherhead, aren't they? Go Chessington, maybe make a day out of it, go to the zoo. I, I, do you know what, I drive past there going to um, when I got when I'm on my way to Chelsea, so uh, I know exactly how far it is, and and that lid is a long long trip uh, up there, and, and I guess the thing uh, they obviously wanted to balance up the divisions, that's fine, but the thing that doesn't seem to make any sense to me is Beckenham being moved into the combined counties league while mm-hmm. Chessington and Hook leave that league, and yeah. it, it it doesn't make any sense. But I suppose if that's where the teams are at that level. There's not a lot you can do, is there? No, there's long been talk about it as well. I remember back in the oh God, many, many years ago, Burton Albion, who obviously have gone on to great things and get up into the uh, the football league and championship, they just couldn't get out of the league. I remember Folkestone went up there and beat them in the uh, in the Eastern Premier League. They couldn't get out of it. They ended up moving to the North League and got promoted the first year, and then I think three out of the next four years, I think they went up as well. It's um, Teams are sometimes happy to, to have a stab at doing something a little bit differently. And it would be really interesting to see. I mean, people would generally say, I think, Beckenham set pretty fair and they've, they've done very well in uh, um, in uh, in Scaffold as well. It would be interesting to see how they do in the combined counties. And, and so you can kind of almost match up the different standards. And, and there'll be a lot of people thinking they can really, um, yeah, turn some heads. Yeah, I think it is one of those things. And, and regionalisation is always difficult. I mean, we've seen, what was it, Bishop Stortford and Braintree have both played in the National League North uh, for a time. Oxford City, Gloucester City have, have also shifted between the two. And, you know, you do get foibles of that. And, and I will always be, when people say, oh, the Football League should have North and South regions in the, in the National League, it, it, I don't think it works. I think you've got to get to a certain point because the because of the, the geography of the country and how far it is from... Uh, where we are down in the southeast over to Cornwall and, and Devon, it, it, that just uh, journey you know all too well. Yeah. But you know if Mark they brought in, yeah. if they brought in a national, if they brought in, like made the national league north and south the top flight out, it wouldn't make any sense because you know Dover would still face the possibility of going to Truro, which mm-hmm. is as far away as Gateshead for them, and and you know and, and any of that, and, and yes. There are difficulties, and we've seen a few teams uh, elsewhere saying that they're not particularly happy about being moved across. Uh, I think some of them don't have so much to argue because of, of geography, and that makes sense. But it's just one of those things, unfortunately. And as I say, it's exciting. We've got three new teams into the Scaffold Premier. We've got six new teams into the Scaffold First Division, and we've got a new team in the Isthmian League Southeast. And I don't think, well, two new teams, in fact, with Lansing as well, but I, I don't think anyone can complain about that. So hopefully it's going to be all set for a good season. The most important thing, of course, is that the season starts on time and actually finishes. The uh, the post-lockdown tournament is underway. It started on Tuesday night with wins for two of the favourites for the trophy, uh, which we're going to be donating with Chatham winning 5-1 at Rochester and Sheppey United beating Punjab by three goals to two. Uh, Punjab back at the Balville Stadium on Saturday for a 1.30pm date with Chatham, uh, while Sheppey travelled to face Lordswood. A good start for the expected big players in the competition there, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, do, do you know what? We're talking about football. It's the end of May. I, everything is out the window, but I just love the fact that there are actual games of, we're going to call it competitive football. It, it, there's a trophy, so it is competitive. That's that's what that means. Um, it's just it's just really, really positive and really good. And I like the, the way that the timing's worked out and it means that people are able to go and watch it. And this is what I'm talking about. It's the fabric of, of our country is going to watch games of football on Saturday afternoon. And we need to get more, we need to get more of it back. We need, this is This is important, I think, for for moving forward in, in the years to come and, and getting back to our, our grassroots and, and using the money that, hey, money's going to be tight for a lot of people the next couple of years, inflation and, and getting out of the pandemic. We need to use it wisely and and, and keep it local if we can. So I, I think it's great to um, to have some actual football to talk about and, and, and for the players to be getting back into it as well. I think it's going to be this, the new season can't come soon enough. This is basically the start of pre-season, isn't it? It pretty much is, yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the tournament itself finishes on the 22nd of June. So that is pretty much into uh, into pre-season territory anyway. And, I, and like you just said, I think you said it really well. It's, it's just fantastic that football is back and, and really good. To, it's a fiver to get in for adults, a pound for... Uh, f- for kids as well I think it's just absolutely brilliant that the the chance are there and, and all the reports I've heard is it was it was all good fun and everyone enjoyed themselves um 
at the games on Tuesday night and looking forward to, to the next round of fixtures on Saturday. And, you know, if, if uh, Chatham and Sheppey can win again, then that will be uh, nicely set up for both of them. There are also games on Tuesday next week when Sheppey meet uh, Rochester at, again at Chatham. Remember, Sheppey are playing homecomings there and Lords will play, take on Punjab uh, Tuesday night, 7.45, both those games. So I'm going to try and get along to one of those as well because I'm a little bit quieter down here next week. But it's all just uh, it's all just great fun. And, and, you know, fair play to everyone who's, who's organised this tournament. And uh, looking forward to seeing how it all plays out over the next month. Absolutely right. And and as you say, it's basically just something to look forward to over the summer. We've got the Euros, obviously, as well, which are going to be capturing people's attention. I don't think there's too much overlap. I think that the uh, uh, that kind of starts around the same time as, uh, as the other uh, competition finishes. But it's going to be a summer of football and just people looking just to get back into it. And I think that's um, the pre-season friendlies will kick off again, end of June, start of July. And then the actual league competition, I think, is July 30th, 31st weekend, maybe. And then you've got the FA Cup the following week. It's just... It's going to come thick and fast, and I'm I am here for it. Good on you. Uh, talking of football this weekend, there was a very special afternoon uh, set for VCD Athletics home ground when two teams of vets come together to remember two legends of the local game. Uh, former Maidstone United captain Paul Foley passed away last April at the age of 48. And a year ago today, we also lost Martin Ford, legendary former boss at VCD and others who was just 57 years old. This weekend, a VCD vet side takes on a Maidstone United vet side at Oakwood. The VCD side is being managed by, among others, Martin's son, Joe, who I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to all about the game on Tuesday. So here he is, Joe Ford. This week, um, on a personal um, basis, uh, past personal level, uh, marks the first anniversary of my dad's passing. Um, he passed away on the 19th of May um, 2020. Um, so it Tomorrow, actually, is his, um, is the day of his anniversary. Um, and it's fitting that um, on Saturday we've obviously got a, um, a memorial game, not only for Dad, but also for the um, uh, in remembrance of Paul Foley as well. Um, two guys that have obviously been at VCD, um, managed both teams, been successful there. And, um, yeah, a fitting tribute, um, in my opinion, for, for both of them. So something that we're really looking forward to. It looks like you've got quite a lineup of, of players, of fa- famous faces of, of Kent football from the past. Yeah, definitely. Um, to be honest with you, um, the arranging of the squads and um, bits and pieces like that the, uh, needs to go down to Dean Frost. Dean Frost has, um, has been instrumental in organising um, the two teams and uh, getting the, uh, the squads put together, um, especially the VCD team. I think, um, obviously, Jim Ward and Danny Ward and Nick Davis are responsible for getting the Maidstone United Vets team together. Um, but, yeah, honestly, um, the, the two squads are people that I grew up watching and I'm sure a lot of people around my age um, grew up watching in non-league um, obviously we've got Danny Kebwell playing for Maidstone as well um, John Main playing for VCD um, both ex-AFC Wimbledon centre forwards so um, yeah really looking forward to it should be a good day and um, yeah like you said some really good players and um, non-league legends on show and the money raised is going to some fantastic causes as well yeah, um, so basically the two charities that have been chosen by the two families, um, the Ford family and Paul Foley's family as well, um, the Ford family have chosen Sarcoma um, UK as their charity um, of choice, which is um, obviously what my dad passed away from, um, sarcoma cancer. And um, the brain tumour charity um, is the choice of the Foley family for their donation, um, which is obviously a charity close to their heart after Paul's passing as well. Uh, and your dad, obviously, a, a, a real legend in these parts, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, um, he spent a long time um, at VCD, especially um, involved in non-league football. Um, yeah, um, obviously, I grew up around dad managing all the teams that he managed, VCD being the main one. And then I was lucky enough to manage him with him at Irith and Belvedere and Irith Town um, before he's passing. But yeah, I mean... Um, like I said, it, it's to remember both people on the day. Um, Dad's obviously on, on is a massive inspiration to me and someone that obviously um, I love very dearly. But obviously at the same time as well, um, Paul Foley was Dad's ex-skipper um, at VCD and someone that um, I knew very well um, during his time there. So um, I think it's a very fitting tribute that they're both going to um, obviously be remembered on this day together. So, um, yeah, like I said, looking forward to it and it should be a really, really good day. It's great that we're we're able to get some people in as well because I, I you know would have obviously wouldn't have been able to do it if if it'd been no supporters but you must be hoping to see as many people there as as, as safely we can. 
Yeah, exactly that. Um, again, that's the main thing that everyone's safe, and um, obviously anyone um, that is feeling like they've got a cold or anything, do stay away. We don't want to be passing anything on, but um, yeah, at the same time, we do want to see as many people through the gate as possible. Try and raise as much money as possible. It'd be brilliant for the two charities, and um, yeah, have a good day. And most importantly, remember Martin Ford and Paul Foley, um, two obviously non-league football legends, really, and um, two people that have, have left us far too soon, in my opinion, and in the opinion of everyone that's obviously organised this as well. Uh, you mentioned Dean earlier, who's put the teams together. I actually remember speaking to Dean on Radio Kent a couple of years ago because he was organising a game for you, and, and you've had a, a, a tough time yourself. How are you now? Yeah, um, slow, slow progression for me. Um, I'm getting there slowly. Um, yeah, I mean, Dean... And Mark James and uh, Chris Whitehouse, Terry Barry, there's so many to mention. I've probably forgot someone that I should have mentioned, but um, they they organised a big benefit game for me when I was um, when I was ill that raised a lot of money that helped in my recovery and helped me to um, fund a new sort of um, prosthetic limb, etc. Um, and yeah, I mean, on on a personal level, I'm I'm feeling fine. I'm I'm not 100% yet. I'm sort of I'm back to 75% of um, my old self. So, but getting there slowly, progression every day, feeling stronger every day, and um, slowly slowly surely surely um but yeah i'm getting there and um yeah again a massive thank you to everyone that comes to that game and um supported me on on that day it was um it was amazing and how's your your coaching all panning out at the moment yeah coaching's going really well um i've joined up with um my company jmf coaching um i used to run by myself i've um, joined up with another company now called all stars so we're now called jmf all stars um we're going really well. Obviously, we've had a bit of a, um, a lacklustre time due to COVID. Um, we haven't been able to run as many sessions and stuff as we'd like to. Um, but we're now obviously back back again and we're getting up and running and um, we're getting busier. And um, obviously, we, we're coaching quite a lot of children a week now. We're, we're coaching really between five and a thousand, 500 and 1,000 children a week now, um, which is great. And, um, yeah, things are slowly getting back to normal. Um, business is getting back to normal. And, um, yeah, we're coaching as many children as we can now on a weekly um, basis. And we're running holiday clubs. And, yeah, we're, we're slowly getting there. So, um, yeah, things are good. Are we going to see you back in the dugout anytime soon as well? Well, I, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I've been back with Phoenix. As you know, I've been helping Phoenix out. Um, Phoenix Sports, I've been, really enjoyed it there over the past season or so. Um, but yeah, watch this space. Um, hopefully um, there'll be some news to come shortly. And just finally, Saturday, hoping that it's going to be a, a great day and, and remembering two people who are, who are absolute heroes. Massively. Um, and that's exactly what it's about, just remembering... Um, my dad and Paul and um, obviously everything that they've done for non-league football um, and celebrating their lives as well at the same time. I think um, it was fair to say that we probably couldn't have celebrated as much as what we wanted to um, on the days of their funeral because of obviously COVID, etc. Um, so hopefully um, this will give people a chance to come and have a drink and um, obviously remember them, come and watch a good game of football. Um, and yeah, obviously just um, remember both of them and everything that they've done for non-league and um, in general as well. Um, two really good guys and um, they're both dearly missed every day. I mean, obviously, Martin was an absolute hero, and Joe is an absolute credit to him as well, I would say, Alex. Uh, a, a brave young man who's, who's doing great things, and what a special day it promises to be on Saturday. Oh, absolutely right. I, I, you know, I love listening to that, and uh, yeah, he's an absolute credit, as, as you say. It's, um, it just it doesn't bear thinking about that having two such popular kind of figures in Kent football taken just so desperately early it's not it's never nice to lose anyone but to lose people so young is is just awful and I, I remember I spoke to Paul Foley through, through work a, a few times as well just really good football people that desperately missed and and as you kind of touched on in the in the the chat it, last year obviously for a, lo- a long time you, no one was able to really say their goodbyes and pay their respects and um, it, it's good to to remember and to be able to do that something like this this year it doesn't matter how long it takes it's important to do it the right way and and to have a listen hopefully the the, the day will be popular the weather will be good and people can get out about because it's kind of the novelty of being able to get back into the football ground and uh, perhaps have a drink and, and and catch up with old people old friends and faces this is what football and the community side of it i keep coming back to that today i know but it's it's so important and hopefully it'll be a i'm sure it will be a fitting tribute and the result, hey, these games, I love these games. The result isn't necessarily the most important thing. The fitness levels aren't necessarily the greatest, but it's just about the fun of football and uh, and, and getting everyone together again. And that's the most important thing.
Yeah, so 1pm kickoff on Saturday, the game. Uh, Joe is putting a lot about it uh, on his social media. He's at J47 on Twitter, so do give him a follow. He mentioned, obviously, some big names playing there. Nick Davis, uh, the current VCD boss, of course. Uh, Danny Kedwell. Uh, Elliot Bradbrook is also in the uh, Maidstone United Vets lineup, uh, and another lots of other names and faces that you'll all recognise. And, and obviously, John Main uh, leading the way for, for the VCD Athletic Vets. But I think it's just... A, a brilliant thing and and you know fair play to to joe who i thought spoke brilliantly there as well uh dean frost who he mentioned putting all the uh getting all the names together but also fair play to all of those players who've given up their saturday afternoon and they're gonna have a great bit of fun i, I reckon that's gonna finish about 10 8 something like that <laughs> this is what you want for these kind of games they always it's always the strikers isn't it you always get the the, the famous old 30 goal a season strikers to come and play in these games they never get the the, the defenders that are really going to <laughs> everyone it's not about that it's about having goalkeepers taking penalties and and that kind of thing it's 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 all the fun of the fair and 10-8 would be fine um i think maybe a 5-4 might be a little bit i don't know we'll, we'll see it depends on the fitness levels it's hard to tell coming out of lockdown I certainly remember a few years ago, I went to watch uh, the current Ramsgate team against the Ramsgate team of 2006. And that was an absolute riot as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, speaking of Ramsgate, of course, Jim and Danny Ward uh, in the dugout for the Maidstone United Vets as well. And I, I, I know Danny fairly well, and I think he still fancies himself as a player. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he suddenly appears at some point on the pitch and all. This is it. People talk about the, the old phrase, there's no loyalty in football. There is absolute loyalty in football, particularly non-league football. I, I feel very lucky. Kent football, Kent non-league football, is, it's good enough to have a, a podcast named after it. But it's also about the, the bonds that you make. And people remember the, the clubs that they've been at. These, it's, not, it's, not, it's not work for people. It's, it's joy and, uh, and, and camaraderie. And, and you, those bonds you form when you're coming through the youth ranks, when you're playing in a in a dressing room, you, you keep those bonds with, with your old coaches for for years and well forever really. And so it's having days like this is a way of of celebrating that. And it's um uh, it's, the occasion is very sad, but hopefully it will be a, a positive and, and and happy one with lots of, of fond memories shared. Yeah, and obviously two fantastic causes as well, money being raised for. So hopefully it'll be an absolutely fantastic day. And good luck to Joe and everybody who's played a part uh, in organising that game. And, I, and I'm sure it will be an event befitting uh, the two men that it's been set up to remember. So that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, elsewhere, uh, FC Elmstead in a bit of London Senior Cup action on Tuesday night. 3-2 victory over Ballum. Uh, they were delighted to be able to have supporters back in to watch that game. Uh, other bits and pieces doing the rounds. Kent Football United reappointed Ennio Ganella as their new manager. Uh, he's been there before he left FC Elmstead uh, to return to manage uh, Kent Football United. So that's a good move um, for him. Uh, Sheppard United being busy as well. Uh, Alex, a couple of signings for them. And, and they've obviously had the, I suppose, disappointment of uh, applying for promotion and knowing that they've now got to go into the scaffold again next season. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a big battle between them and Chatham, you would say, looking at it. Um, but they're already making moves in the right direction, Sheppy. It's, it's all about what you do with that disappointment. And you're right to say they, they would have loved to have had the same opportunities to, to start next season that a few of the other clubs have had in terms of the reorganisation. But hey, they if they can channel that into, into motivation, thinking, oh, we deserve to be up already. We, we, we basically just need to need to prove it now. And as you say, that's going to set up to be a nice ding-dong battle. It'll be interesting to see the intensity of the... Uh, uh, of the competition games, is it next week they're playing? I'm not sure, but um, yeah, that'd be interesting. A little, a little curtain raiser for next season. That would be, uh, that'd be very interesting indeed. Yes, uh, Saturday, 28th of May is the first one of those two fixtures. So yes, it is uh, next Saturday. Uh, yeah, but those signings for Sheffield United: Ben Wilson, uh, who won the league with Seven Oaks, uh, and Danny Smith, who also won the league with Seven Oaks, and Helgo Roma from uh, from Whiteleaf, who's big in the uh, five-a-side team as well. And I've actually met him. He's a He's a big unit. He's going to be a good signing uh, at that level. Uh, Centre-half, he's going to be very, very handy for them. So getting their business done early, like a number of other clubs as well. So it's good to see uh, that everyone is is moving in the right direction. Uh, Herm Bay also made a, a an eye-catching signing, I thought, when they announced the signing of Jack Parter, uh, the long-serving Tunbridge Angels left-back, now at Herm Bay. And I think that's a really, really good signing for them. Well, that was definitely, that was the one I was kind of referencing earlier on, because he's a Faversham boy, I think, and came through the ranks there. And I think he had, perhaps had a spell at Whitstable as well. It's, I think he wanted to, to play football a bit closer to home. And uh, there's, a, there's a great, Ben Smith's got a great um, kind of like team camaraderie and the bonding there is, uh, is, is second to none really at Herne Bay. And um, that's, they're going to have a lot of fun this season, I think. And uh, he obviously has, uh, has signed up to play his part in that. No pun intended. 
Very good. Uh, Cray Valley PM as well with a, a, another eye-catching signing. Nathan Green, uh, former Margate uh, defender, Welling, uh, among others. Uh, another really impressive signing for, for Cray Valley PM. And they will be a team who, at the at the top of that Eastman League Southeast division, will feel that they, they've got unfinished business when the season starts. Absolutely right. Yeah, there's, there's a few of them as well. As you, you talk about getting your business done early. I think that's what a lot of teams are doing. There's a bit more... Feels like a bit more stability now than than it has been at any point. So people are able to kind of plan ahead, and they 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 know their budgets a little bit better. And I think people are just, I think I don't know this. I feel like players perhaps are just keen to just get back to normal. And so I don't know if people are playing such hard ball when it comes to negotiations and things like that. I think people are perhaps a bit more understanding about the the situation that everyone finds themselves in personally and and in terms of clubs as well. So I think people are just keen to get on with business and uh, and, and get signed, plan their uh, their preseason preparation, and then get going again in uh, in July. But yeah, Nathan Green, sort of bags of experience, and that's a that's a a huge coup. That's going to be a really interesting division again this year. Another huge huge coup, I suppose, in 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 some terms, uh, was the news from Dartford that Steve King has signed a new three year contract to, to stay at the club. He's done a fantastic job since he's been there. Unlucky. Uh, not to be promoted and in both their seasons, I suppose, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll be ready to, to go again. And, and much like we just said with Cray Valley, unfinished business for Dartford. And I'm sure that Steve King will not rest until he's taken Dartford back into the National League. Yeah, exactly that. It's, it's not about whether you get knocked down, it's whether you can get back up again. And, and the fact that he's signed on, that shows that he desperately wants to get back up again. And um, if, if they can just do emulate anything like what they've done the last couple of years and just try and get it together and get over the line, that's that's all that matters. They don't really care how it happens as long as it happens. And, and it, it, not many people will be betting against them this year, I think. No, uh, in the National League itself, actually, Bromley obviously still there, still clinging on in this battle for the playoff places they're on 63 points in eighth place behind Chesterfield only on goal difference uh, and then they're only a, a point in front of them is Wrexham uh, Notts County are up to fifth though uh, now with 67 points still very very hard to beat Bromley since we were last here uh, on, on the Kent Only podcast they've drawn 0-0 at Torquay great result 1-1-0 at Wealdstone and then drawn again at Notts County That they're, they're putting the results together they've just got to get this over the line now uh, a Way at Aldershot on Saturday, uh, so that's a, a big game. And then the final game of the season, they're at home uh, to Notts County, and Notts County may already be in the playoffs, and that may help them out. But it, it's still a possibility for Bromley, I think, Alex. It is absolutely there. They've given themselves a fighting chance, and as you say, it's that battling, that character that they're showing. They they won't be beaten. And hey, if it means that you have to take a point, sometimes a point is a good point, and the, the, the Torquay point was a fantastic point. It's just crazy to think all these people that wanted the uh, the National League disbanded. All this drama that we're having towards the end of the season. What a fantastic advert for the National League it's turned out to be. Well, in some ways, I mean, in, in, in several ways, yes, it's been fantastic. But I have in front of me the league table provided by the BBC. And it has the latest form for every team. And the last five fixtures and every team from 14th downwards between them, They've won four games in their last five. <laughs> and that's where the issue lies with the end of this season. Ever since Dover, uh, God love them, just made their decision. And there was, and it was announced there was going to be no relegation. Some of those teams at the bottom have, for want of a better phrase, given up. You know, it's, it's, it's not... It, I can completely understand, you know, why would you keep chucking money at it if you've no chance of getting promoted and no chance of getting relegated? But it is really difficult where, when you see that whenever a team at the top is playing one of the teams at the bottom, they're almost guaranteed a win at the moment. And that's where, that's where it's, it's, but that is, I suppose, creating the drama at the top because the games between the teams at the top are absolute thrillers. And then all the others, you can almost guarantee they're going to keep, keep the pace up. Can't you? Exactly. That, that is it. It's it's not quite the same as awarding teams three points, but they've got to go out there and you can only beat what's in front of you, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, but no, I think that's what that's what you want it to be decided by. There have been too many leagues over the years that have been not decided by the games uh, between the results between the games between the top sides, and that's what you want. You want it to come down to, dare I say, six pointers um, <clears throat> at this stage of the season. And hey, this is it. A, a draw in a six pointer at this stage of the season is almost as good as a win against any of these other teams. So that's it. I, I'm I'm quite happy that it's. I believe it's in their own hands, and uh, and 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 it'll be very interesting. The last couple of weeks are going to be fantastic to watch yeah I think if Bromley were to win their last two games they'll be very disappointed if they don't get in but it it could happen because you're easily behind them with a game in hand as well Mm. so it is going to be 
it's going to go down right down to the wire. So we'll look forward to seeing how that goes. And obviously there will be supporters uh, inside Hayes Lane for that final game against Notts County. So that promises to be a great occasion as long as probably have done the job that they need to do by beating Aldershot this weekend. A bit more off the field news as well, uh, both concerning the clubs in Thanet. Paul Bowden Brown uh, has left Ramsgate after uh, his his tenure there. He's just been overseeing things, I think, more than anything in, in the last few months. But uh, yeah, a, a name well known uh, in, in these circles, of course. But he's now moved on from Ramsgate and just up the road, uh, at Margate, a new chairman, uh, Terry Painter, has decided uh, that he will step down as club chairman, a role he's had since January 2018. And he's been replaced uh, by Ricky Owen, who has been the vice chairman, and Chris Chambers, who we spoke to on the show, oh, I think it was last year at some point. Uh, he will now be the vice chairman. Uh, Ricky, in a statement on the Margate website, said, I'd like to thank Terry for all he's done while in charge. Wish him and his family all the best for the future. I can assure everyone I will do my best to drive the club forward. And I know Chris, Jay, Denny and all involved also have the same shared goal. Jay Saunders is in the process of building an exciting and well-balanced squad. And off the pitch, our plans for the wider development of the ground continue. The past two seasons have been extremely frustrating and challenging for everyone, but better times are ahead. Um, I really wish Ricky well. I've, I've spoken a lot about my thoughts on Margate, but... Uh, Alex, you've covered Margate as well, I would imagine. How many times have you heard better times are ahead for Margate and how many times has it sadly not come to fruition? Uh, do you know what? I've heard it about Margate in terms of the football club and the town as well um, many, many times, I think. Listen, you you just all you can do is, is just try and take them at their word. At this time of year, well, it's the end of May, the sun is out and it's the time when people are allowed to be positive and um, it, it, it's like a start of a new chapter anyway in terms of a new chairman and Yes, he's got experience with the club and the role as well, but people want to put their own stamp on it. There are, on paper, there are plenty of reasons to be positive. The um, the, the kind of the ground aspirations, the pictures look very nice, and um, Jay's obviously they've got a fantastic manager, and then and and there's there are opportunities to progress on the pitch as well. The the, the squad will grow together. I think like every other club in our uh, in our area, you just want some a bit of stability and just want the season to start and to just get back to some kind of normality. And that's that we people want to be worrying about on-field problems and and suspensions racking up and, uh, and, and 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 bad pitches and things like that. People don't want to be worrying about, oh, is this going to be our last game of the season? Are we going to have three months off? And that's the most important thing. And and and, and Jay would want to be judged on a full season with a with a full squad and and the backing of whichever chairman it might be. This is this mm. is the most important thing. So I'm happy for them to say that the that the future is bright and I hope for all of our clubs that it is. Yeah, and I suppose there is stability in terms of the fact that it's not someone coming in, as Margate have seen before. It is someone they've promoted from within. And uh, and, and Ricky obviously knows the club. He knows the what the club needs and, and its sort of aspirations, I suppose. So that is that is a positive. And you know, I've said many times before, I think Margate has got so much potential as a football club and as a town, as, as you've kind of said there. And, and I really hope that one day they're... they're stars align and things do happen for them it's been five years this week actually since they uh since they won promotion on a fabulous day um over at hendon against uh yeah over against hendon uh that was a a great day a day that i remember really fondly um and you know i hope that as he says there the good times are on their way again uh that's pretty much it for the football chat obviously like to talk about other things as well you had your jab yet uh, Sunday, Sunday lunchtime. Actually, I'm having it. Um, oh, yes, I yeah, I I had a few things this week. I got my got my text the other day. Um, I went to book it, but I wanted to kind of get this week out of the way, so the weekend was the earliest I could do it. But I've had to book my second jab because for whatever reason I couldn't book my second jab in Kent. Um, so I've actually booked my second jab for the first week of August in uh, in Truro of all oh, places. Wow. I'll try. So I'm gonna have to. That means I'm definitely going down to Cornwall in the summer holidays then. It sounds like it, yeah. Have you told the in-laws yet? They'll be very disappointed. <laughs> they'll hate to see me, it's fine. They'll, they'll, let me, they'll let me curl up in my chair in the garage when, uh, when after I've had it for a couple of days, hopefully, and just leave me to myself. That's the that's the dream. Yeah, I got my text last uh, last Wednesday, and I was able to book it straight in for th- for Thursday morning. Oh, wow. Because uh, in Eastbourne, it's it's really, really head. So literally, it was it was before they'd even open it up to people of our age. Uh, and I was and they gave me and I got the text. and I was like, brilliant, I can get straight in. And um, I managed to be quite unwell, actually, on the, on, on Thursday evening. I I, I did have a, a drink. Pfizer or the Astra? Which, uh, Pfizer. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. I did have a drink, which I think possibly contributed. But <laughs> um, I 
literally 10 o'clock, I needed to go to bed. I was absolutely exhausted. Could barely keep my eyes open. Two o'clock, I was absolutely wide awake. I was up all night. Um, and on Friday, I just felt really spaced out. And I felt I just w- wanted to eat sweet food all day. It was all I wanted. I mean, it was a, such a bad day for my, for my um, physical health. I cancelled my personal <laughs> training session and then just ate sweet stuff all day. Um, so that wasn't the, uh, the, the best day. Um, it turns I've you into had. a gremlin, essentially, is what you're saying. I've got this to look forward to. Well, t- to be fair, I'm the only person who I know who's had side effects. Like Hayley's had both her jabs. She had Pfizer. She's fine. Uh, my mum and dad both had uh, AstraZeneca. My, they, my mum's had both. My dad's got his second uh this week or, ne- or early next week so mm-hmm. you know th- th- and they've all been fine so it- it's literally a one in ten phenomenon i suppose they say the side effects and the good news is apparently if you get it the first time you won't get it from the second one so whenever i get my second one it- it'll be the same sort of thing i'll just get a text randomly saying i'll oh, come and book your appointment and i'll be able to just get probably get it the next day that's um, so good you got you can have to see i can do that i had to go from the online system i think it actually wanted to, me to go to eastbourne to have it no oh, you should, should, should have popped well, in i know it'd be a weekend away because it's allowed yeah, now. yeah um, i should have thought that but, but uh, no, I, I both at the same time no i literally just got a text saying you're, you can now book your job um because you are of the of the correct age and then i literally kept getting texts saying yep you're booked in you're all sorted and, and it was brilliant it was absolutely great I just, they sent me a link booked it in no problem i was there it took me half an hour to get through the system but um but yeah all good mm. um I, I had a disappointment this week as well though and this is really really first world problems okay mm-hmm. i got a new bank card is is that that bad well yeah because i know i'm this i've got a bit of like rain man i can i remember numbers and stuff oh. really and I know that number off by heart of my new one and <laughs> of my old one. And do you know what? They've changed the last two digits is oh, all they've changed. Okay. And then the number on the back has got two of the same characters as the previous one. And it's just like, you know, when you've got things set up on your phone and everything like that, and it's all set up to your old card, it is an absolute pain in the backside <laughs> to know that I've got to go through and change everything. You know, like I've got the Ringo app to park my car if I'm out and about. Yeah. I've got to change that now. I got oh, it's just a pain in the backside. I was just like, oh, I don't want this to come through. It's really, well, they texted me and said it was on the way, and I was like, that's the most depressing text message I've received this week. And yeah, yeah. it was genuinely bothering I, me. I mean, that is first world problems. There are people yeah. that have bank accounts uh, already yeah. in money. So um, yeah, but but I, 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 I know, I know, but it's bothered me this week. So, and the other thing's bothered me as well. And this is um, was a, a thing you may have seen me tweeting out last week um, about the um, the London North East Railway, uh, who uh, had a received. Well, I won't say what the what the tweet they had received said, but they sent out a tweet saying. I'm really sorry to see this, Lawrence. Our train manager should not be using language like this. Now, the language that was used was not, hello, you bunch of It was, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Now, I know we live in a society where everyone is free to be whatever they want to be. But if you are getting offended and triggered by the phrase, ladies and gents, I'd suggest you've got problems. If you're so triggered by it that you want to get on on Twitter and start moaning about it, then please do us all a favour and delete your Twitter account. He, The person who posted that said, um, as a non-binary person, I'm not listening. Well, I'm sorry. Grow up. You've made that choice. You've made that choice. But to, su- to suggest that a train manager is not allowed to say, ladies and gents, boys and girls... This is where I'd like to get off the planet, I think, and find somewhere else. It, c- c- are they doing these flights to Mars yet? C- can I sign up? Uh, I, I believe they are, actually, yeah. They, they're quite expensive, and your bank card, you probably wouldn't be able to remember. To have no. But, uh, yeah. I mean, personally, John, I, I, I'm male. I was born a male. I identify uh, as a male, but uh, according to the, uh, the Tesco's finest lemon drizzle cake in my cupboard, I'm actually a family of four. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I did see a funny thing earlier on, which was someone filling up their car with red diesel. Obviously, you're not allowed to do that. But they just wrote on the on the uh, can, I identify as white diesel. Solves the problem, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, tick the box. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. The world is really, really going insane. Uh, anyway, yes, there's not a lot else I can say on that one. So thank you very much, uh, Alex, for joining me. Have you enjoyed your fourth appearance on the show? Fifth? 
Is it? I, 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 you sound like you're asking me. I don't know. They, they're all such a pleasure. They, they roll into one, one long pleasure. But yes, it's been great. It's been the most memorable by far. Of, of uh, what, one big cuddle that you're now allowed to have with some, with someone of your choosing. Uh, I, um, I, am I we allowed to do that? What do we have we, to know them, or could it be just? I, I think. Else? Well, it, the, the you can now. What, what is the rule on uh, on personal contact? You can have personal. Con- I, I shook the hand of a guest this morning. I was like, well, I'm going to make the most of this. Really? This is the first. Uh, yeah. But they, they've they've now said, haven't they? Um, you can. What you can was what was six people or people from two households? I don't I don't know. I maybe I should go and make the most of it. I haven't hugged anyone in, in quite some time, so perhaps no, I should start. I think you're allowed to, you're allowed to hug someone. I can't remember what the exact um, rules were, but Boris did say you you can hug someone, <laughs> but you have to be careful. You know, Boris has history for, for for hugging and touching people in that he shouldn't be at the wrong time. So uh, oh, oh, I just want to make that those are the opinions of a guest on this show, uh, nothing to do with me. And I very much distance myself from those comments. In case you're listening, Boris, Mr. Johnson, uh, I do apologise for anything that Alex may have said there, uh, which has come across in the wrong light. Um, th- th- there is nothing to prove that at all, um, and anything like that. But no, you can you can hug people. Um, you can just give people a little hug. So I mean, uh, you know, go and fight. Go outside now. And the first person who walks past your house, just hug them. No. You can. Do you know what I'm doing tomorrow? So you'll be amazed by this. So. I'm doing the stadium announcement at Kent Cricket the next couple of days. Oh, brilliant. Um, yes, I know. Absolutely, completely randomly. Uh, Steve is Steve is unavailable, and I've been asked to do the uh, do the PA, which is incredible. But perhaps I should do that before the day's play. I should hug all Matt of the Walker. other players from from Kent and the two Glamorgan batsmen as they walk out on the opening yeah. morning. This Why not? LV County Championship match. Yes, that that might be when I get my hugs in. First ones for the yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, what a what a time to be alive. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Hey, but yeah, thank you very much, Alex, for for filling in. And Matt will be back next week. We will find a way to to get the show on next week. Thank you everybody for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, you can find me at John Phipps eighty one. You can find Alex at Alex Hode Sport. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. You, yeah. You I, I, I know it. I just I just forget these things. And if you do want to, if you have missed Matt Gerard at Matthew underscore Gerard is where you find him. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Kent Only Podcast. Thank you very much uh, to both of our guests who joined us this week. I really enjoyed both those interviews. L- lovely to talk to all of those people. Uh, and obviously, Alex, it, it, I'm sure you, when you listen to the show, you know Matt says something witty after I say we'll speak to you all next week. So you've got about 30 seconds to come up with something. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. And we will look forward to speaking to you all on next week's Kent Only Podcast, where Matt will be back unless the dog needs to be let out uh, that'll do very good who let the dogs out bar men thank you very much <laughs>